0: Hello America, and welcome to my second episode in my podcast, Hello America, and I'm your host, Caleb Keaton. And today's subject is one that is very touchy in America at the moment, and it's about abortion. And I'm going to put out there right now that I am pro-life. I am very much so against abortions, and I just don't think that they're right. And I do not think that they should happen. But the liberal left says that they should happen. Maybe not all of the liberal left, but most of the liberal left, if you were to ask them, they would be pro-choice. And uh, for those of you who don't know what an abortion is, the Google definition that I found is abortion is the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, and most of them are performed in the first 28 weeks of the pregnancy. Which means that they are deliberately stopping a heartbeat. And they're deliberately stopping brainwave activity that is already going on. And at 28 weeks, the baby, if I'm correct, is already starting to take on the characteristics of a human. They're already starting to look like a human being, and they don't just look like an egg and it's just frightening and Planned Parenthood they they push for abortions like this is a very well-known fact I mean you go to a plain Parenthood and one of the options they provide is abortion and they provide that along with the birth control pills, the morning after pills, but they don't tell you as far as I know that if you're going to get an abortion, you are 81% more likely to experience a mental health problem. And that statistic, for those who are very well into wanting to know where the fact fact is coming from that is from Cambridge University Press, the British Journal of Psychiatry. And the article is called Abortion and Mental Health, the Quantitative Synthesis and Analysis of Research. And it was published on research done from 1995 to 2009. And I yes, I get that this is a dated article but this article is nonetheless still valid in the argument of is abortion okay or is it not. And one of the things that Planned Parenthood also doesn't tell you is that you are 34% more likely to experience anxiety, 37% more likely to experience depression, 110% more likely to abuse alcohol, and 155% more likely to commit suicide. And, I mean, if that doesn't say something, then I don't know what will. Because that is a deeply disturbing fact, to know that if you get an abortion, you are more likely to to commit suicide than a woman who carried her pregnancy all the way through. And uh, the study that was performed by Cambridge University It had 877,000, give or take a few, women, and out of those, 164,000 women had an abortion, give or take a few, yet again. And they ultimately found, and this is a quote from the article itself, and it says, the results indicate quite consistently that abortion is associated with moderate to highly increased risk of psychological problems subsequent to the procedure." And this is honestly, I mean, it's disturbing to know that. I mean, like, to know that, like, they definitively have shown that getting an abortion prior to it, you're going to experience some severe mental problems. Now, the thing that I do have to say, that I know Planned Parenthood does tell you is to come back within, like, the first week or two for a checkup. Now, for the checkup, I don't know if it's to see, like, how everything's going on afterwards, or if it's, like, to do a mental evaluation, because if it's for a mental evaluation, then that would mean that they have told them about the risk of committing suicide, getting depression, anxiety, abusing alcohol. And, uh... But if it's just for a checkup to see, like, if you are going, if you're physically healthy, then that would mean that they still have not told the person, and that person is completely in the dark, which is very, very much so unright. And it is wrong on so many levels. And then we go to. Another website, and this is called pubmed.gov, And for those of you who like don't know the difference between a .dot com, a gov, a org, etc. .dot uh, com, their websites, who are they're gonna provide you with services. So, like, they're the ones who are going to be profiting off of something if it is you buy something off of their website or you go to their physical location, if they have one, given the fact. Uh, .org, I'm not exactly sure on that. Um, I think they're just about information. And then a .gov, those are websites like the CDC, which they are required to bring out the latest research that they find just present it to the public so that then the general public is not in the dark about new situations. And uh PubMed pubmed.gov the article is on suicide rates in women who had an abortion and the things that they found is that the younger you are, the more likely you are to commit suicide. And the older you are, the less likely you are to commit suicide. Nonetheless, all bad even though the older you are, the less likely you are to do it. And that, I mean, it just really proves, it just goes to show that, like, the younger you are, the less mature you are to make a life decision. And, I mean, that includes, like, having sex. And then it is, you find out, oh, well, I didn't want this, I don't, I didn't think this would happen, I don't want the baby. And, I mean, it just goes to show a young the young the younger people, they just can't decide for themselves. If they could, they wouldn't need their parents. And older people, I mean, it's, it also just goes to show that, I mean, like, they are more mature in making decisions for themselves. And they can look at the facts, do the research, and be like, okay, well, this is what is shown and I know my risk. And, uh, During this um, research that they did, and this is like, this angers me a little bit because you look at the research they did from 1987 to 1996, and that's, depending on like when they started in 1987, it could be 9 to 10 years. And then you look at the next segment of research that they they do, and it goes from 1997 to 2000, which is cutting the time in half. And so they made it to where your intake of information is completely messed up. And then right after that, then they go back to doing a 9 to 10 year time span. So I don't know why they couldn't like have evenly spread that out across a set amount of time, but they obviously didn't, and that honestly skewed with the data they collected, and that makes it to where the data isn't so reliable, in my opinion. But I'm still taking the um, data because still, I mean, it makes a point. And, uh, And this is a quote from this website. And it says, the excess risk for suicide after induced abortion decreased. But the change is not statistically significant. And if you don't know what all that jargon means, then here's the simplest explanation I can give you. What that means is that that number was so short. Like, not so short. Like, the change in number was so small that, like, it would not affect any part of the graph in any real noticeable way. Maybe like a point or two, but unless it is that like, you you go from what it shows here, which is 32.4 for every 100,000, which I know that's a small number, but still, I mean, that is a lot compared to what it could be. I mean, it it would have to go from being a drastically high number to a drastically low number for it to really have any effect. And it doesn't have that. It is, like, it literally goes from just being 32.4 to being 24.8, which I know that's a drop looking at the numbers, but looking on a graph, that would not look significantly that large. And, I mean, you have to think. From 2012 to now, a lot of time has passed, and they could redo the research a little bit or publish what they have now. Because, I mean, they've already made it to where it is that, like, they've skewed with the data a little bit, so, I mean, why couldn't they present it? And, uh, I mean, even on this website, like, it says that prior to the abortion, suicide risks are still twofold, which means that, like your chances are double. And that is still bad. And it just honestly is horrible just to see that. It's horrible to see that like women are committing suicide after getting an abortion, and that they were never told, okay, well, this is going to affect you emotionally and physically, and that there really is no changing that. I mean if they if Planned Parenthood does not tell you that, then there is something wrong. And that is really the most disturbing part of this entire argument here. And uh another thing that like with the left that I see is they always run to a rape and incest case. And I mean I did a lot of research. I looked at multiple sites about this. And that statistic is so minute that it really has no bearing in the argument. And really, they're just standing behind a a very, very taboo thing and trying to say that, like, it covers, like, a broad area. But it only covers 1.5% of all abortions, which means that, like, if there were 100,000 abortions, if I'm correct, that would be, like... Ten, no, it would be like it would barely be double digit. So, I mean, it really does not affect the argument at all, and it's really just something ridiculous that they try to hide behind. And uh, the the that statistic that I'm just specifically pulling from is. Focus on the Family, um, that's the website name, and the name of the article is By the Numbers, U.S. Abortion Statistics, and this was written by Carrie Gordon Earl. And, uh, another, just looking at other facts about this, you see that, again, the 1.5% of all abortions are rape and incest, 50% of all abortions are women that are under 24, Um, 85% of abortions are women who are unmarried. 60% of abortions, they already have one child, at least. And the other 40, they don't have one. Um, 78% of abortions are surgical, and 22% of them are chemical. And 25% of women in the U.S. alone will have an abortion just this year, from January to December, 25% of women who are pregnant will have an abortion. And that's just disturbing. And I, I, I just cannot stand to see that that's happening. And it just honestly frightens me to see that it is happening. Now... For those of you who are trying to wrap your head around the percentages and all that stuff, I'll explain it to you so that then you can understand so you're not having to like, try to figure out for yourself if you are getting lost here. Because this is a lot to take in. So with the 50% of abortions of women that are under 24, I mean, it's honestly understandable that that's why that would happen. I mean, Women who are under 24, they most typically are not being married at that time most of them are barely mature or not even mature at all to even have a baby and to take care of it like they have not had a job long enough to get enough money to support the baby or to support the baby in a way that they would want to and it's you understand why that's why that would happen and then the 85% of abortions are women that are unmarried I mean you look at how many abortions are performed and this is just an opinion, I'll I'll research this later and I'll do like a abortion part two podcast. That'll be my third one. Or maybe it'll be it'll be somewhere down the line, maybe. And you look at most abortions and they're of women who are unmarried. And I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that, like, most of the women are probably Christian, or they have some faith that they belong to. And I'm just gonna go with Christian, because this is what, this is a religion that I'm a part of, I'm a Christian myself, and knowing that, like, a conservative Christian church that actually follows the Bible, one of the things that they strongly disagree with is abortion, and... That is from looking at one of the Bible, one of the verses in the Bible, and it says that, like, we were knit together in our mother's womb, and that he, that God knows every hair that's on our head, and, I mean, it's just going to show that, like, we were created by an amazing God, and, but you also see that, like, one of the things they say is don't have sex before marriage. And if you have sex before marriage, and it is you have a kid, well that's just evidence to a mother and father that, hey, uh, you're doing a very, very unchristian thing and they have the fear, I would think, of being disowned by their parents and making their parents mad. And it's it's sad that that is how someone thinks. That they would risk their own life so thin it is that they're mother and father's happiness is not tainted. But I would think that would be even more tainted by the fact that you're getting an abortion rather than if you would have just carried the baby full term. And then the second, the 60% of women already having at least one child I mean for them they look at it as a financial issue and it's honestly that's the most disheartening one besides the mar- the not being married one. And that's because they just look at it as, well, I can't take care of this thing, and, well, there's no other option, but there's plenty of other options. And, uh, then the other 40%, well, I don't have to explain that because, you know, they don't have a kid. And it, they'd probably go off of a financial basis as well. Um, the 78% that are surgical and the 22% that are chemical. So for those of you who don't know, like, how do, an abortion is performed a surgical abortion, what they do is they, I believe they stretch the uterine wall, so then it is, they can go in there and get these very, very large, get these large forceps that have these grips where they can grip down onto a limb, and they pull hard on the limb and they rip it off. And I do that one by one. And if you look back before where I was, I was saying that like neuro that like the brainwaves are already going active and like sensory organ well sensory nerve sensory things are already being activated here. You would probably go to think that well wait doesn't that mean that the baby's feeling that? And there are studies and I sadly did not look into this one but I know there are studies somewhere where they were able to prove that the baby inside the womb, like, w- when there was something going towards it that it did not like, it would try to get away, which shows, like, the baby does feel pain, like, the baby's sensory nerve, like, the baby's sensors are fully active, and so, I mean, this baby's feeling so much pain at this point, and you're just ripping out You're just ripping out the limbs and tearing them off of them. And then after that, they take out the organs. Excuse me. And then once the organs are taken out, then they crush the skull, and they suck the rest of the baby out through a tube. And, I mean, that is honestly the most disturbing part, is how they do it. And you have some women who they complain later on of seeing a decaying mass of just gross, abominable, just something as an abomination to society, and it, it frightens me but they complain but they go to an abortionist and they say well I just uh, saw dis- decaying matter come out of that region and all the abortions can say is well I'm sorry I didn't get everything out that is the disturbing part and then a chemical abortion if you don't know that is so there are two medications that you take, and I forgot what they are, but one is to basically kill off the baby, so the nutrients that's being supplied from the mother to the baby is cut off, so essentially the baby is starving to death, and then the second one is to make it to where the baby is expelled throughout, like, expelled out now this one is taken, where it is like you find out that oh my gosh I'm pregnant, and like it can still go out, and it wouldn't be like giving a birth, like the pain that you get, and that one is just sad, even more sad because it takes so long to do it, and you can do it at home, and if you really wanted to keep it a secret from your parents, that would be the one you probably go with, and it's just. It's sad to know that abortions like that are even happening, and and I just can't, I cannot imagine it. And, um, just looking at further documents that I'm looking at here, um, and this is something that I don't know if abortionists will tell you this either, but that, Since 2011, and this is an older document as well, so things have probably changed from when this was published to now, it says that since 2011, at least 14 deaths have happened due to the chemical abortion. And that... It's it's sad that, like a kid, let's say that it is, It's a kid, it says that it is a kid who is trying to make it to where their parents are not mad at them. Because they had sex before marriage. Would go through all of this, and then it'd be that they had a chance that they were gonna die. And if it is that they were gonna die, a, be, a child is being killed, after killing a child of their own. That is the saddest part. Is knowing that that is happening. And... I just wish that... I just pray that, like, lawmakers, they can come to some agreement as to that this is bad, we need to stop this. And it's it's heartbreaking to know that pe- that women are dying because of this. And uh, you look at what the FDA says, and what they say about this, this is from their, this is from the websites, not the FDA's website, but just the site's website. And it says that the the FDA has changed the warnings multiple times to reflect the fatal... And I'm not even going to try to pronounce that word because that is a huge word. Um, The fatal toxic shock. We'll skip the word that I just... is too long and too complicated. And that the the medications have a black label on them. the no, black box and the black box is the worst thing you could have on an FDA approved medication or drug and that means that like this is this is serious and like it is harmful and now the reason why it is like, the reason why I did, so people who don't understand, like, well, how does it kill you? Like, if, like, besides medication, like, how else does it kill you? Like, how is it that like, there's a fatal, there's some other thing, um, like, how does a woman die from an abortion? And they see it like there's matter still coming out. And the thing is, is that there is a Fatal bacterial infection. Now, A, that could be because there was a deceased baby, and part of it was not taken out, and it's still inside of the woman. And if you know anything about biology, you know that if there is decaying matter inside of you, it can get into the bloodstream, and it can cause so many bad things, including death. And the other thing is the medicine itself. Like, the medicine itself can kill you. And that is the saddest part, is knowing that. And, uh, it's, it's just disturbing. And, uh, It it causes me so much pain to that this is happening, and so on a surgical abortion side of this, and this is a woman who is famous because she is married to Ozzy Osbourne, and this is his wife, Sharon or Shannon Osbourne? I had really crappy handwriting, I'm pretty sure it's Sharon Osborne, and she, at the age of 17, was forced to have an abortion by her mother because, I'm guessing it was because of religious views on her mother. And because of this, and the doctor did a poor abortion, she has now had to suffer three miscarriages, and that that is most likely because of damage to the cervix. I mean, abortionists, they don't tell you, okay, well, there's a chance that, like, you will never be able to have a baby again after this, because we might screw up on something. Like, we promote that, like, it's safe, but, like, there's, we don't tell you, that, like, you know, we could, like, ruin your psychological and physical health for like, the rest of your life. And, I mean, like, this is even, this is a quote from the website itself, And it says that women face a number of possible physical complications as a result of legal abortion, including hemorrhage, requiring transfusion, there's perforation perforation of the uterus, uh, cardiac arrest, endotoxic shock, major unintended surgery, infection resulting in hospitalization, convulsions, undiagnosed, ectoptic his pregnancy, which uh, I'm going to have to do more research on what that is, uterine rupture, and death. And this is from a doctor who, not a doctor, it's from sure, it's for sure from a guy named Warren Hinn, or her. I right. again, crappy handwriting, sorry. And, uh, it's on, it's on a book that he wrote called Abortion Practice, Um, uh, I believe copyright is 1990, page 175 through 193. And, I mean, again, like, I mean, an abortion can affect your future pregnancies. Whether it be that it causes you to not be able to have them again, or it be that, like, the baby gets some sort of an infection because a doctor did not perform the abortion correctly. I mean, one of the biggest things that I was really finding was that, like, abortions—they cause a lot of mental health problems, um, mental health declines, and it's just saddening to see this. I mean, sixty percent of women who get an abortion will experience some form of a mental health problem because of the abortion, whether it be that they experience the anxiety, the guilt, depression alcohol abuse, etc. I mean the list goes on and on and on. And and then half of those women, they're gonna be classified as severe, meaning that they're gonna be the ones who abuse the substances and result them committing suicide. And just my the final website that I went to and this is the one that, like, a lot of people really don't ever really talk about because they don't exactly look at this side of the argument. And that is, well, I'm only a, I'm the woman who's getting the abortion. This is the one that's going to be affecting me. So, you know, if you're not me, it's not going to affect you. But the husband, the boyfriend, the wife, if you're in a lesbian relationship, because actually no, not lesbian. I mean, like, if you are. With a woman who was with a man, it's complicated. Don't think that too long. Um, but I mean, there. This website, it was the Irish Times, and the the article is just a woman's issue. Um, and it was to further on saying eight men discuss how abortion has impacted their lives, and most of the men on there. It affected their lives, their lives negatively. Whether it be that they got a divorce because of it, or they themselves fell into depressive anxiety states, and and it's like ridiculous that when women are gonna say, "Well, it's only our problem," and that if you're gonna get sad about this, or you're gonna tell me like how to live my life, and then there's something wrong with you that, and it's it's, it's ridiculous. That's the best way I can put it. It's ridiculous. And, uh, and I only really took from one man, because I'm not gonna, because there would be too much information to put onto one page, and it would just be really a bunch of repeating, as it already has been. And it says that when he saw the look of relief and happiness on his now ex-wife's face, th- it's, that's the disturbing part about this for him, was just seeing that like, after killing a baby, like, now she feels so much, like, just relief and happiness. And he just was affected by this, and he is, at this point, recalling it 20 years ago from when it happened. So, from 20... 20 years later, he still has nightmares about this, still has some sort of a psychological effect on himself, where does he thinks about this from time to time, and he said that with his new wife, they were told that the baby would not be able to survive out of the womb, and they were suggesting an abortion, and the wife and husband, they both came to an agreement that, like, abortion is bad, and it's just saddening to see if that's gonna ha- that would happen. And so they both agreed to, like, well, how long the baby would live outside the womb, let it live, and then we can give it a happy, short life. And they felt so much more, quote-unquote, relief and happiness from being able to pour out their love and affection towards this baby that would only live for an hour or two, than... It being, if they had terminated the baby, and they would experience a lifelong feeling of just regret, and depression, and abusing multiple substances, substances, so, it's it's saddening to see it, but it can be changed, and it's not too late, like, abortion laws, Like, they're primarily being made now, and if you are someone who is pro-life, and you are against abortions, you can still go up to your local government and say, we need to change this. Go to the state government and say, this needs to be changed. We cannot let this go by unnoticed. We cannot let this go by and say, okay, well, it happens, so what? we can't let that happen. And I'm going to take a break and I'm going to just tell you about a friend's podcast so then you can understand like someone who's given me inspiration. Hello America and this is a little brief intermission on basically just making it where you are aware of one of my greatest friends podcast. His podcast is called Corner Cast. Again, that is Cornercast. And his podcast is like mine. It's about controversial subjects. And he makes a podcast almost every single day. And he brings on a guest usually every single episode. And, um, his podcast is amazing, and I would just honestly say go check it out. His podcast is available right now on Spotify, and it's very app Anchor. And the best part is, it's completely free to listen to. Unless it is you have Spotify Premium, of course, then you have to pay some money for all this fun stuff, but if you just have normal Spotify, or you have the Anchor app, you can listen to his podcast. And if his podcast becomes available on other platforms such as Google Cast, Castbox, Pocket Cast, or any other huge platform for podcast, I would greatly recommend that you go check it out. It is amazing, it's brand new, fresh ideas, there are comedic values on his show on his podcast, and he would greatly appreciate it if you would go. Again, his podcast is called CornerCast, and I just say go check it out, and just give it a thumbs up, star it, listen to it, whatever you do on your podcast app, do it. Hello America, and welcome back to my podcast that is titled Hello America, I am your host, and this is second part of this podcast and it is about abortion and this part of the podcast is gonna really be more about um just personal views not so much looking at the facts and this is just really more of like how I look at it and just what my opinion is overall on this as if I haven't already been stating that before um so, a lot of the things that you see people run to is, what if it's rape and incest? And, I mean, as I talked about in the first segment of this before the break, I said, well, you know, if it's rape or incest, I mean, it's those are very, very rare occasions. And you don't have to get an abortion. I mean, you can carry the baby out all the way through, and if, like, if with an incest case, like, I highly doubt the baby would make it outside the womb for very long, and you could let the baby live for as long as it can, and just make it sure it has a really good life, and, uh, and if it's a rape case, I mean, I can understand like, there are so many mental struggles you have to go through, because you know this baby belongs to a rapist, but you don't have to kill the baby. Like, that baby is still a human being. It is alive, it is well, and that baby can be given to someone who wants to have a baby, but they can't have one because they physically can't, or they themselves think that, well, what if it is that the baby turns out wrong, or something like that. And, uh, it's just... I mean, it's ridiculous that, like, the left would hide behind such a small statistic and say that, like, it's larger than what it is. And it, it's it's saddening. Um, another thing that I see with people that are on the left who try to convince me or just fellow colleagues is, well, what if it is that the mother cannot financially support the baby? And I would say that is a bunch of crap, because, it, I mean, yes, it costs money to do that, but you have a mother and father you could run to, an aunt or uncle, a grandma or grandpa if they're still alive at this point in their life, and you have friends that you could run to, and, I mean, you, you're not gonna, you wouldn't be walking that alone. And if it isn't like your husband or boyfriend left you because of a baby, you're still not alone. Like, you still have family and friends you can run to to help you out in tough times. And I just think it's ridiculous that you would try to also hide behind the fact that it is. Uh, if it's a financial issue? And, uh. I mean. And another thing that. Like the left also runs to is, well, what if the person's homeless? And, I mean, again, I mean, I don't know if it's like the left is just trying to come up with as many excuses as they can for this to work out, or if they just honestly don't know about things like homeless shelters. And, I mean, just in my small town of Bartlesville, like, we have some form of housing for people who are homeless, if I'm correct. And people who are homeless, like, they usually house up with someone else already, so it's not like as if they can't find somewhere to be. And they go to what if it is like you can't feed the baby? I mean, you're homeless, you can't exactly feed the baby. And again, homeless shelters, or in my town, there's something called the Agape Mission, which they are a volunteer based program where it is that they cook food. And they give it out to people who are either struggling, or they're homeless, or any other part of a financial problem that you would have. And they give you a meal to eat there, meals to take home, so that it is you can feed your family. And I'm sure that, like, other, town, other towns and cities, like, they have some, some form of a charity like that where you can go to them the Salvation Army I mean they are something that also does that if I am, if I stand to be correct corrected and uh, I mean there are multiple organizations like that are more than willing to help a homeless person find housing find food find other things where they can support a baby and uh, one of my personal friends, who is pro-choice, they were also trying to say, well, what about, like, the medical cost for a woman having a baby? And, like, I don't know if, like, they don't know about this, or if they just honestly really don't care about this fact here, which is that there are insurances that are specifically for having a baby, where they pay for the medication, so then it is you're not feeling so much pain when giving birth they pay for all of the things that go on around a pregnancy they basically like they cover everything ultrasounds the supplies that are used things like that so and none of it is ever paid out of pocket like it gets paid in full by this insurance that is specifically specifically for a pregnancy So as long as if you're like okay, well, I'm gonna have to pay like ten thousand plus dollars just so I can have this baby, and it'd be that I'm even financially in a worse position to support a baby. Like my my mother, she was she did this insurance plan thing that covered my pregnant that my birth, and she never once paid out of pocket for anything, and I'm more than sure that all hospitals that perform pregnancy that perform birthings they have some form of that. And on in the in the first segment of this, I was talking about how it is like most of the abortions I performed there of people who are unmarried and that fifty percent of them are women who are under the age of twenty-four. And that goes for the people who are most mostly kids and they have Christian families or other religious families and they're very much so against pre-marital sex and they are trying to make their mom and dad happy where it is that they're hiding that they did something. And I would think that a mother and father who are Christian, I think they'd be more happy with the fact that it is that you didn't kill the baby than if it was that you had killed the baby and you just ended the life of someone who could have, like, gone out and shared the gospel, someone who would have been maybe used as as part of your, your, uh, your story, as the Christians call it, where it is that, like, you talk about your life story and just, like, how God has helped you. And I just don't get how, like, teenagers, they twist that around to where it becomes right to do that. So, um, it's sad. And... If it just sounds like I'm just doing a bunch of rambling throughout this entire thing, probably because I am. But, um... I... I just honestly am so saddened by this, and I just wish that it never happened. I wish that abortions did not have to happen. And that... a baby can... just be brought to full term. Oh, before... Before I end the podcast, another thing that is talked about is, well, what about the the adoption centers? Where it is like they're already crowded, and I it, I just honestly say to that, you know, it would be it's it would be better to give the baby up for adoption rather than kill off the baby because you cannot support it yourself. can tell me that, like, oh, well, then you're just making the places more crowded. Sure, I mean, that might be the case, but would you rather it be that it gets more crowded or it be that the baby's killed? And I know the left are going to say, well, obviously get killed the baby. But, you know, I just honestly hope that today's podcast maybe just shed some light on things, that, like, maybe aren't so talked about. Um, Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I thank you for joining again, and if it's your first time listening to the podcast, um, just please follow, listen to the first one, and I'm your host, Caleb Keaton, for the podcast Hello America, and I hope you have a blessed day, and... Please just stay safe wherever you are and please do not abort any babies if you have a baby.